Hey everybody and welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. It is Thursday, July 22nd, 2021, and today I am Andy and I am joined 101 miles to my southwest by Megan. Hello. Jenny says she's going to join us later, so we will we'll chat about all the stuff until she comes down. All right. Sometimes she lies, so we'll see. Oh, I'm true. kidding, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny never lies. Oh, I just got like an. That's never happened before. I just got an, a notification on my uh, computer screen about an Xbox achievement that I had just that I just got like. 15 minutes ago on when I was playing Far Cry 5. Oh my god, what dark world have you slipped into? That was weird. Oh well. Anyway. <laughs> Microsoft knows. Yeah, they do. Uh, so much to get into. Really big news uh, week this week, actually. But uh, before we do that, uh, let us do what we do to begin every show. It is the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. And I, this week, have... A uh, Prosecco, a Valdo Biadene Prosecco. Is that uh, Valdo with a W? No, it's okay. Valdo with a V, uh, which I think is the name of a character in Soul Calibur. But uh, anyway, this is Perlage, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see if this is this has been previously opened. So let's see. <laughs> what the what the bubble and pressure situation is with this one now i've got one of those cool um one hinge champagne corks on it and those tend to do pretty well with yeah uh, preserving they, so they hold the carbs okay go yeah oh that was a pop you got yeah. it you did it holy guacamole that was great oh it's got like a nice like the the steam is like issuing out of it. It's wafting. It's very nice. Holy cow. All right. Megan, what have you got for us this week? Um, I have got a wink joint, as I frequently do. And oh, wink is back. Yes, wink is back because wink is, generally speaking, much more affordable. Sorry for anyone who like is standing bright sellers. I loved them, but they's expensive. So I'm going with the... Wink, and I went with a sparkling because I just realized that I could do that, um, just like on me, I get reds. But this one's called Finks, as in like Fink is the owner, F-I-N-K-E apostrophe S. Oh, okay. It's a California brute, and I thought, you know, there are a lot of Finks on this show, so doing Fink stuff. So we're going to go Whoa, with it. It's a California, it's a, so it's like, it's a, it's a sparkling. Yes, sorry, did I incorrectly call it champagne? It's got kind of like a. Uh, well, no, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't being. I, I just, I didn't hear you say that it was. Uh, I just, oh, I, yeah. I don't think, I don't know that you've ever had a sparkling from Wink before on the show. No, stupid me was like, well, I set my preferences to red wine only, and then I just don't touch them. But it turns out you can just go in there and order wine. Wink will no. not refuse to sell you it. So, <laughs> thank that's you, Wink. Good, that's a good business strategy. It really is. Um, so Wink sent me Fink, and I'm gonna drink. It and I feel like I'm turning into Dr. Seuss. I'm gonna stop. Uh, but here we go. Let's see. Let's see how bubbly this boy is. Get a good pop. 
Hey, that was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And there, as you said, I've got a little steam too coming out. Yeah. It smells cool. like brute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Megan, uh, cheers. Cheers. Very excited uh, to uh, get into all the stuff with you today because man, there's a lot. And let's let's start with um, let's start with the report from Bodyslam.net. Actually, no. Let's do this. Let's do this in chronological order, because it was yesterday uh, that Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com reported. Let me see. I just, I just, I want to go ahead. I want to get it. Uh, I want to quote him accurately. I'm into it because I don't know if I know this news yet or not. I think you know the news, but why can't I find Sean Ross Sapp's actual post? That's oh, no. Kicked off Fightful? Sean Ross Sapp's, what did you do? I don't think so. Uh, here's what I do know. I do know I, I sent a screen cap of it to Us. Uh, to you and Jenny, so I can read it from that. All right. Uh, This was yesterday. One of the biggest stars of wrestling in this century could be headed back to wrestling if all goes well. CM Punk has been in ongoing talks for a return, sources tell Fightful. Fightful Select, that's their Patreon. I have not subscribed to it. No offense, John Ross App, but I'm I'm in fairly deep into the Patreon game. and, uh, (laughs) and, And you just, you haven't made the cut yet. Maybe someday, but... I can always just go to Reddit like seconds after he po- he posts his like Patreon links to find out what the, <laughs> what the story is from from somebody who stooges it off there. But anyway, I know you should you should support creators. Systematic issues, not yeah. you know we can't address them all today. <laughs> uh, yes, Fightful Select learned last week that CM Punk has been in talks to make a return to pro wrestling as an in ring performer, with sources indicating that AEW is the most likely landing point. We have no confirmation of a contract officially being signed, a timetable, a set return date, or any creative plans, only that Punk and a company official have had ongoing conversations about an in-ring return. Uh, As with any negotiations, nothing is ever fully confirmed until the deal is actually done and the subject appears on screen. We have heard of other companies having interest in Punk coming to work after fans returned, but have not heard of any specific offers or overtures made towards him. Uh, Fightful has not officially confirmed this report with CM Punk himself or all elite wrestling officials. We have been told in recent days that higher ups in WWE believe that Punk is headed to AEW. And this is just a little bit of backstory. If you don't remember, if maybe, maybe you're, maybe AEW is what brought you to wrestling fandom and you don't know CM Punk aside from just a name, but he has not wrestled a match since January of 2014. Uh, because that's when he left WWE and, uh, it's not done anything. And Megan's making weird faces. It's, it sounds so long ago. For it some reason, I thought it was long less ago. long ago. Yeah, it was seven and a half years. Oh, I don't like when things age me that way, but yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. Obviously, we're still in speculation land here. But Megan, like this, I mean, this is, he was your first guy, you know? Like, he was. This is like, this is your guy. Like, dating back to 2011. I miss my guy. He was great. I love, love, loved CM Punk. I, 
I know you had kind of a tenuous career in MMA, UFC specifically, but man, like I would, I would believe that he would come back because I don't know what else he's doing. And that's not to say he's not doing anything, but he seems like a guy who always needs to be doing something. And if UFC didn't work out, they did all that training Who's to say you can't just kind of turn a corner and apply it to wrestling, that thing that you used to do that you used to love? And maybe at a company that you'll actually like it again, because I know he and WWE are not friends at the moment, or they weren't when he left. So I would love to see him back. Uh, I'm a messy, messy bitch, and I love drama. So my question is, um, how does Colt feel about this? Because I know their friendship dissolved basically (laughs) and that makes me super sad because i thought that podcast episode was amazing i was so glad they were teaming up to like take down the man and then it hurt me that the man essentially came between them a different man capitalism um money (laughs) so (laughs) i uh i'm sad that their friendship did not survive that but i do wonder if that will be awkward because obviously Tony Khan isn't going to be like sorry Colt your feelings are so important to me that I wouldn't sign like one of the biggest stars out there potentially making a comeback but their locker room seems so harmonious right now and I I just don't want those boys to fight you know except in the ring (laughs) I mean that's the thing right like the it, it seems like the locker room is pretty galvanized and punk you know like he he is a, a it he's a known different element. Dick. Known <laughs> asshole. Look, I get it. I love the guy, but he is just very open about being an asshole. I think you know what though? I think the time away has done him a lot of good though. He seems much happier and more at peace now. He settled down, he like pulled an Alonzo, just chilled the fuck out in his break. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh I don't know like I, I would assume that, you know, he and Colt are both grown ass men and they should be able to put aside whatever their differences are and you know and just think about it it's like if i was colt and punk and we're working for aew and they're like doing well i'm just like look at what we look at look at this look where we are look look 20 years ago who could have seen this you know like like the, the two of us and like in like one of the big companies together that is a very sunny outlook and i love the image of them in ring of honor going from there many many years ago to now look we're in the same company and it's harmonious and great working together and i hope that that's possible i hope that your image of two grown-ass men is is more accurate than the one i have of any two given grown-ass men ever um so yes i hope that that's the case i hope if nothing else that they just be civil and are like, look, we're making money. Look at the money-making potential because they're old-school wrestlers and old-school wrestlers like making money. Not that new-school ones don't, but I feel like the mentality of just make all the money you can, hustle, 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 is different. So I hope they can set it aside and work together. Or, worst-case scenario, they're like, what's-her-face and what's-her-face on Sex in the City, and they just like try not to have many <clears throat> scenes together. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. And you know what? With a wrestling show, you can control that pretty well. Yes, that's true. So I I hope it works out regardless, because I would love to see Punk back, even if it's just like the AEW version of like 
I don't know, Brock Lesnar's contract, you know, where he shows up sometimes. Like, I don't need to see him every week. That's fine. But I think it would be really fun to get him back. And I think crowds would lose their minds. Which, given how much the crowd energy has really hyped me up the last two shows, like, I would be into <laughs> it. I would be so drawn in. Which, oh, God, I hate that I'm saying that. I never want to attribute watching wrestling to the crowds because I hate them. But, um, you know, here we are. This is where we've gone to. You, I mean, it's 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 truly a you don't know what you've got till it's gone kind of situation with the crowds, you know. They've limited their stupid chance to this is awesome, <laughs> which that's all I ask. I I really don't want like I don't know all those other cheers where it's clearly like the crowd's going to business for themselves. That's when I start to get really annoyed. But we'll see. For now, they've been okay. So the other uh, big news, and this came from uh, Bodyslam.net, Cassidy Haynes over at that outlet. Um, I don't know much about Bodyslam.net, and I don't know much about Cassidy Haynes. I'd never heard of him until yesterday. But he did report that Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is locked in and 100% signed a contract with AEW. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, his he, he reported that uh, Danielson was wanting to work less dates for comparable money to WWE. Uh, he wanted the ability to be able to work in Japan, and he wanted to have creative input on his character. And he got all three of those things, and they made a deal. And Haynes uh, did a follow-up report a couple hours later where he said that the tentative plans creatively are for Danielson to debut at the Arthur Ashe stadium show in New York city on September 22nd. Is that, that's not a pay-per-view though. Is it? A no, that's a dynamite. Oh, wow. Okay. It's called dynamite grand slam. That's what it's called. Cause it's tennis. <laughs> But they do the wrestling. I, what? Because <laughs> Arthur Ashe Stadium is a tennis stadium. Oh, okay. That's where they well, hold the U.S. Open. I hope Paul Bettany shows up. That'd be cool if Paul Bettany showed up. Yeah. Uh, Fightful says that they cannot confirm the report, but Sean Ross Sapp basically went on Twitter and said, I can't confirm this, but Cassidy Haynes is not a bullshit guy. Okay. So, yeah. I'm into it. And then Dave Meltzer this morning on Wrestling Observer Radio kind of said that he kind of like outed Brian Alvarez uh, by saying like, well, that, yeah, that's what you heard, right, Brian? And Brian's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like the uh, the September 22nd thing. Um, so it sounds like this has been sort of known. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Daniel Bryan not only not only – Signed to AEW, if we believe this report, but also like tentatively starting at that big New York show. What want, do you think? What say you about this development? I want to believe. I am Fox Mulder. Please, I want <laughs> to believe. Um, I feel like with with any rumors, it's like like we all just got burned by the switch, right? Everybody thought they were getting more stuff, and then it turns out it's just an OLED screen. <laughs> yeah. Which is still good. So, yeah, like, I mean, in that if you were sense, buying, if, if you hadn't bought a switch yet, I would say this is the one to buy. 
Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I guess like for me, that scenario would be like, oh, you get one of them, Punk or Daniel Bryan. But I would love to go the full on, believe it's all true. Daniel Bryan showing up. Punk, I'm assuming will have already shown up because I could see him debuting. But also, do they have any Chicago shows? Like on the way? Boy, do they ever, Megan. They are in Chicago for three dates in a row. For, oh, okay. At the beginning of September for Dynamite, uh, Rampage, and All Out. Oh, okay. So obviously Punk's debuting there if he's I would think so. Up. Like yeah. that's his town. Like, why so, wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do so it I'm, where he can just roll out of bed and get there and don't let him like have time to change his mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So yes, Punk debuts at the pay-per-view and then Daniel Bryan debuts in New York at a Dynamite later. That would be beautiful i'm I'm hoping that also lines up with something that brie bella said in an interview a few weeks ago that was i think someone asked her about the status of brian um yeah and as i'm sure everybody asks her but and she said well he's like you know he's just he's the only thing that i can say is that he is committed to taking the entire summer off to to be with the family before he goes on the road. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I'm I'm gonna believe it. I'm gonna stay optimistic. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, this is all true. I believe. I'm just I'm overwhelmed by the number of like dream matches and scenarios that I can think of for these two and things to do in AEW and things to do in New Japan, you know, and like God, I what a what a time, Megan. <laughs> what a time to be a wrestling fan. I tell you what, you know what? You know when it was like this? It was like this in the late 90s when there were two big companies that were like talent was jumping back and forth. It hasn't been like this since then, and it's really exciting, and I'm glad to have it back. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for it, but I just am picturing like essentially you're getting like early Ring of Honor stars. So I'm into it. So here's here's the interesting thing about this. This is something that someone brought up today on the figure four message board. And I don't remember. I can't credit them because I don't know. I don't remember their username. But anyway. Uh, so in 1994, uh, Hulk Hogan was out of contract with WWF. And and he had been for a while. He was actually out of contract in 93. And he like went to make the, the boat show, Thunder in Paradise. Um, oh, God. Did you know that he had a... Like oh, a, yes, I did. Okay, I, yeah, I yeah. feel like I saw commercials for that on late night television and sure. didn't really... It's too young to get it. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, if you ever get a chance, it rules. Um, okay. <laughs> but so he was doing that and he was like wrestling big shows for New Japan. Like that was what he was doing. He was... Vince was kind of kind of like, oh, you're old. Go away. And uh, so Hogan was like, Fine. I will go, I will go wrestle. I will go ply my trade elsewhere and make Mr. Danny and a million sequels that will surely happen because I'm a really good actor anyway. So in 1994, Eric Bischoff was in charge of WCW and he got the purse strings opened so he could offer Hulk Hogan a big contract. Hogan came aboard later that year. 
Hogan's friend, the Macho Man, who Vince McMahon had similarly de-emphasized and made just an announcer because he thought, oh, you're too old, Randy. You can just be an announcer now. And Savage still wanted to wrestle and Savage still thought he had something to offer. So he also jumped ship. I didn't think Vince McMahon was capable of saying somebody was too old to wrestle based on his recent yeah. activities. No, he's like that whole thing is so funny in retrospect. But um, but yeah, so Hulk Hogan was 40 in 1994. Randy Savage was 42. The ages of Brian Danielson and CM Punk right now, 40 and 42. They are the same age that Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were when Vince McMahon decided that they were too old to, to make any money with. And he sent them, he kicked them away and they went to the, to the rising competitor and created a boom period there. Well, all right, let's do it. Let's do this <laughs> history repeating itself thing. Isn't that eerie, though? <laughs> kind of, but, you know. Because they're like, because like Punk and Brian are like indie mega powers. <laughs> it's true. Oh, and Tony Khan has his dad's money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, for, I, I would say for Punk and Brian, like throw budgets out the window. Like that's, that is, <laughs> that is, no, I'm serious. Like that's, if you can get those guys, those guys are, especially if you can get both of them, I think that's like a like a game changing. I think that, I think that this, I think that this means potentially that AEW could catch WWE in the ratings within like a year or so. Okay, I hope that when this happens, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk bring different energy to the locker room. Then I'm sure. Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't foresee it going exactly the same. But, uh... I mean, I hope it changes in a better way. Because there was a lot of big time in back then. I feel like everyone big-timed each other, even when they didn't deserve it or have the fame to carry it. So, hopefully, that is not the attitude of these two men. I can't picture Brian Danielson doing it because he just doesn't have the ambition to pull it off. You've... But Punk, Punk is, an, you know, very open about being a dick. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the kind of dick that big times you. I just think he's kind of short and uh, sarcastic and kind of mean sometimes. Again, I am a fan. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So these two, I guess, acquisitions, I guess we'll call them, uh, I think that would set things up for a very exciting uh, fall season here in uh, AEW land. I'll watch goddamn Rampage happily if (laughs) there's a chance to see those men on it. Man. Oh, wow. What a... Like, this dynamite, too, tonight, like, that we gotta talk about. Like, so so many things happened. Um, Yes, they did. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay, so... Other than that... Uh, another thing that happened, which I don't know if you know about yet, because it just broke this afternoon. Um, well, probably not. Is that uh, Thunder Rosa got her Thunder Rosa's All Elite graphic. She And she got a farewell tweet from the NWA. And she's, she's done with her obligations there. And she is fully, fully on board with AEW. Yay, that's awesome. I mean, I... Felt like she was basically in AEW up to now, but apparently she she got a graphic quicker than the Varsity Blonde. So, wow, 
Way to go, Thunder Rosa. Was her contract actually up, or did Billy Corgan just decide you're having fun over there and we're not really doing much right now? I don't know. I I, I assume that it was up because otherwise, why he wouldn't have done that like three months ago? You know. I I don't know. Billy Corgan, he it's like wrestling people are weird, but he's music and wrestling weird, which is a whole different level of weird. So I don't know what his business decisions are like. Yeah, I don't either. But um, but I am excited that Thunder Rosa is here, officially under contract. Now, if they don't book her for like six straight weeks on Dynamite, then uh, they will not. They will not have the excuse that she is not under contract to them. That's true. I mean, she should go flying in there trying to get Brit. I know we've seen that before, but that feud is really hot and. It kind of is criminal that Britt's first title defense is against Nyla Rose, someone she's had multiple feuds with in the past where it's like, we get it. We get it. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Like, I'd rather them do that for a dynamite feud than than that be her first pay-per-view title defense. Like, maybe maybe they can do her and Thunder at the at All Out. That's true. Yeah. Or, or like, build it up even longer and do it, like, you know like in a few months, like, like let Brett have a little run. Cause I would, I would like, I don't know. I'd kind of like Thunder Rosa to take the title from her at some point. Yeah. She would be a believable like person to do that. I, and I like Nyla, but I feel like they've done the Nyla Brit thing so much where at this point it's just not, I didn't think Nyla was going to get the championship. I think you have to bring in, I don't know your big guns for that one. Right. Uh, Another contract news. Jake the Snake Roberts has re-signed with AEW. Uh, Oh, thank uh, God. He did did a uh, bit of a sit-down discussion with uh, Diamond Dallas Page, and he uh, revealed that he had signed a new two-year contract with the promotion. And uh, I just, I like this quote. He said, when I originally signed with AEW, it was for a 10-week deal. At eight weeks... A guy comes along with some papers. You need to sign these. I'm like, what for? Well, it's your contract. He said, dude, I've only got two weeks left. He's like, no, you got another year. What? <laughs> and then Jake, I just, have a lawyer review that. And then just a few weeks ago, I buzzed Tony. I said, hey, I've got four weeks left. What do you want me to do? I need a note. I need a notice so I can start setting up my stuff. And he says, we need to sign another piece of paper. And I signed again. And then after I signed it, I found out that it wasn't for a year. It was for more than a year. It was for two years. Read the things you signed, Jake. <laughs> People are just going to start sliding papers in front of this man and be like, hey, you need to sign this form. I don't know, man. Oh, Jake, I mean, this worked out well, but to everyone out there, (laughs) don't sign a contract you, A, haven't read, and B, if available, have not run by some legal professional. (laughs) It's it's so important. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jake is is, uh, signed back on. I'm sure that... You and Jenny are very excited about that. About two more years of Jake Roberts. <laughs> Look, I don't like when he gyrates on anyone, really. I mean, it was disturbing to see it happen to Brandy, but it's not like I want him to go out there and just do it to anyone else. I will say his bananas ass outfits where they're basically like snakeskin, but also they're shorts somehow. I Like those have been entertaining recently. Whatever he was wearing this week was pretty incredible. Yeah, he is really going. I, I wonder if he just went to Sandra and was like, 
I don't want to deal with this. Dress me. And she was like, let's get weird. But, I, you know, he hasn't been terrible recently. I do wonder what his deal with Lance is because they keep teasing like he can't really control Lance, but also Lance is keeping him around and it doesn't, it doesn't seem contentious on his side. So I'm not really understanding what they're trying to convey here with this. Yeah. I have an update on the Thunder Rosa contract situation. Uh, Fightful is reporting that uh, there is no details financially, but the wording that they're using is that a buyout of Rosa's NWA contract was worked out. Oh, okay. Presumably by Tony Khan. Of course. Um, Yeah. So that is how she ended up with, uh, that's how she, I guess that's how she ended up uh, under contract. It's good for her. It's her birthday. So maybe that's why they waited till today. Nice birthday oh, present for her. That seems like birthday. a Tony Khan thing to do. He, he bought Jungle Boy um, uh, Baltimore, right? Like, for <laughs> that makes it sound like he bought them a band. <laughs> Tony Khan is a, a millionaire I can get behind right now. I hope he doesn't take a horrible turn because eventually we find out that everyone we love is trash. But I hope that's not the case. Ryden. Redding space dicks into the sky. Mm-hmm. The rich people are just trying to find a way to escape Earth and leave us all here to burn in the climate disaster that they've created. So I'm pretty not excited about that. Sure, yeah. Think maybe you want to throw some Amazon cash towards, I don't know, helping out the world. <laughs> Be great. You know, like not slashing benefits for your Whole Foods workers. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, you know, they're just going to leave all us poors down here to die. MJF will probably be on the first rocket up when the escape happens. So, Well, I, I don't know. His MJF coin uh, fell pretty hard, so I don't know how he, uh, he might not have the capital to, to do it. Ugh, true. I don't know. Bezos is a – he'll experiment with the, the various bitcoins. I'm sure he'll let him on. He'll be like, hey, it was a good try. I didn't found Amazon in a day. All right. Megan, we need to talk about these ratings. Uh-oh, you say it kind of ominously, but I hope that they did well because this show wasn't bad. <sighs> oh, no, was it bad? Did I misinterpret it? <laughs> so last week they did uh, 1.025 million viewers and a 0.4 in the demo. This week, 1.148 million and a 0.44 in the demo. <laughs> Killing it. Their third best viewership total ever. Uh, once again, number one for the night on cable. Uh, up 12% from last week. Uh, yeah, they're murdering. <laughs> they're exactly averaging exactly 1 million viewers over their last 10 Wednesday night airings. Uh, which, you know, that's the NXT factor going away. Yeah. And, and, uh, they're, yeah, they're absolutely crushing. Good. I, I do worry about the next couple weeks cause they're going to be head to head with the Olympics as is everything. But, uh, I mean, I, but that's I've a, been... that's a really strong card next week though. So as someone who's never really gotten into the Olympics, I guess I don't really understand but sure, sure, the Olympics are happening. They, they are. probably shouldn't be. 
No. <laughs> like honestly, nothing should be happening still. Uh, but we, you know, we can't we can't really deal with that reality. Uh, but yeah, dynamite killing it in the ratings, just absolutely killing it. Good for them. Yay. So I think that's all the big stuff. So if uh, if you want to get into some dynamite, uh, let's please do so. I love to get into the dynamite. Okay, so we're on Fighter Fest night two this time at the Curtis Colwell Center, also in Texas. Didn't write down the city, forgot. Uh, but still in Garland. Texas, Garland. Okay, Texas has huge crowds and they love it. And goddamn the energy. So <laughs> I'm just saying, it's so weird. It's it's noticeable. Um, this is like this is a suburb of Dallas, by the way. Oh, okay. So right next to the big, big city. Okay. The big D? Yes, the big D. Everything's bigger in Texas. I'm sure that somewhere Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson were just having a time of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the first match of the night is Chris Jericho's also first labor of the labors that MJF has assigned him and he is facing Sean Spears. And you, do you think this labor is with a U because they're both Canadian? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely the Canadian spelling. Um, but yeah, this labor involves Sean Spears being allowed to use a folding chair in the match and Jericho not being allowed to use a folding chair. Um, it doesn't really matter because ultimately Jericho gets the win and he does the Judas effect on Spears, but you know, there's like a lot of chair action here. Um, MJF joins the commentary team and he he has his Chiron set to um, has beaten Chris Jericho twice, in case you've forgotten. And then also he likes or laid out basically that the reason for these labors is that if Jericho makes it to him, he wants all of the labors to basically cause damage to his damage, already damaged arm. So Sean Spears was doing a lot of chair shots to the arm, setting the arm up, doing, you know, the like pulling the arm against the ring turnbuckle, all the standard arm moves. Um, but ultimately Jericho still won. Um, Jericho did get Spears in the walls of Jericho at one point, but Tully jumped up on the apron and distracted Aubrey. So she didn't see it. And then Sammy had to run out and hustle Tully to the back, which comes into play later. But, um, but Sammy yes. Got, Sammy got a big pop. Well, he is in Texas and he is the face. And this crowd loved everything, though. Yeah, that's true. But like Sammy's Sammy's the hometown boy. Um, I also feel like maybe Sammy would have been more fun to watch than uh, Jericho Spears match. Sorry, guys. Um, it was fine. But, you know, Jericho... I don't know what his cardio deal is. It seems not great. He just, so he was like, I think he did some concert dates last week. Uh -oh. So he's like, he's living that road life right now. <laughs> that's so not, that's not an in shape life. No, no. Okay. He looked, cause again, like I, I understand that like bodies come in all shapes and abilities, but Jericho seems like he can't run the ropes without, being exhausted and i think that that's like 101 in wrestling so get your cardio up dude that's all i'm saying yeah it's not ideal to to be like that yeah yeah um 
I mean, that's that's my biggest criticism, basically. Um, Jericho did kick out of the C4, which I think is a big deal, because I'm... Is that Sean Spears' finishing move? Did Jericho defeat it? That is uh, Sean Spears' finishing move. Okay. And Jericho did kick out of it, which is... Happened in the main event, too. No, not the main event. Happened in the women's title match, too. It's never good when somebody kicks out of your final move. Um, Especially not in the opener. Nope. Nope. So that was the first labor. Jericho did it. Yay. Now, so you're about to talk about what happened next, but I want to say, I want to, like, my anticipation for the labors of Jericho was kind of like, Eh, I mean, whatever, this is fine, but they're just going to have them run through, like, each member of the Pentacle, and that's just kind of like, whatever, like, let's just get through it, let's get to the Wardlow match, you know? (laughs) Oh my god, that's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, but no, they, they, like, they threw us a curveball here. They did. So, after Jericho gets the win, MJF leaves the announce table, he gets on the mic and goes to the stage, and he says very sarcastically like congratulations that was your first labor you did it and he kind of backhand compliments him by saying well you know you won but you needed the help of sammy and if you get any more help during any of these other labors i will not grant you a match so this is a sort of ongoing stipulation no help and that's when he announces labor number two and i was like ward low ward low ward low but instead we have a new entrant into the mix, and that is a man named Nick Gage, who looks like he's seen some shit. What 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 is your what is your knowledge of Nick Gage? Nothing. You told me there's a Dark Side of the Ring episode about him, which automatically makes me think uh, it, something bad happened. I mean, MJF told you the bad thing that happened. He went to jail for robbing a bank without a mask. <laughs> That was real? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's on his Dark Side of the Ring, Moxley is one of the people that is interviewed for it. And there's I haven't seen the episode because I don't have Vice, but I saw a clip of it that they've released on YouTube. And and he's he's just kind of like recounting seeing the the um, the security camera footage. And he's just like. He's not wearing a mask like he wears he wears a, this motherfucker. Where's the mask to the ring? Like <laughs> every match he has, <laughs> but he but you don't put a mask on when you rob a bank. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So full disclosure, I've never ever in my life seen Nick Gage wrestle. Like I haven't seen a Nick Gage match. Period. But he has built up. He has he has he has quite a like an aura about him as like a uh, as a badass like deathmatch kind of guy and he's like buddies with Mox and Eddie Kingston and like that you know those kinds of guys so I'm I'm interested to see him wrestle Chris Jericho I, I'm sure it won't resemble a wrestling match uh, but uh, no this is interesting apparently um he was supposed to be the Joker at one of the Casino Battle Royales. Okay. Probably the 2020 version. And I think he had an injury, so he wasn't able to come in for that. But now he's now he's coming in. 
I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared that this means more blood and more weird stuff. And uh, I did. I also can't really picture Jericho in that type of like. This guy looks. He's a like a piece of work. Is I think what I texted you. He looks legit like he would go after you with like a bat. And I don't know that Jericho is ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be. But, but Megan, not to spoil later on the show, Jericho might not be ready for it, but is the pain maker ready for it? Jesus God. We'll get to it. That was. I laughed out loud. I did too. Cause we'll get to it. <laughs> In the meantime, something I didn't laugh at, I marveled at, was Miro, God's Mm. favorite champion. He briefly pops in in a video format to tell us that he will defend his championship title um, at the, I guess, Fight for the Fallen? No, Homecoming. Oh, Homecoming. Yes, yes, yes. The Uh, August 4th Dynamite in Jacksonville. And I don't think he really said much else that was that was his message he didn't have any fun quips about his hot wife or anything but he did refer to himself again at, as the um what's it uh, i have a news bit about his hot wife oh i know so, she's no longer in wwe she's no longer in wwe so this is not i didn't include this in the AEW news packet but she's AEW adjacent so uh she has a project that she is going to be working on for the short term, at least. Um, maybe she'll come to AEW after that or something. Who knows? But the thing she is working on that it came out today, actually, or maybe yesterday, Lana or CJ, CJ Perry is going to be part of the cast of the relaunched Surreal Life on uh, VH1. <laughs> Honestly, I love this journey for her. <laughs> this is exactly where she needs to be. She was very good on Total Bellas. No. Total Divas. Yeah. She clearly understands how reality television works. I think she will thrive there. I wonder who she will get in a feud with. What are there any other celebrities, the list celebrities mentioned as part of this cast yet? Uh yes. Okay. Uh Stormy Daniels. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. There's gonna be a lot of gross stories from her, I'm sure. Dennis Rodman, who I feel like Dennis Rodman must have done one of the one of the earlier ones, right? I I only vividly remember like Balky being on one. Yeah. Uh, August Alcina. I don't know who that is. I don't know August Alcina. Tamar Braxton, who I think is Tony one of Braxton's? Tony Braxton's like less famous siblings. Okay. But, but I think there had like there was like a whole Braxton reality show on one of the music channels, so she's probably. Yes, I think they follow around. It was like Kardashian-ish, where just followed around her family. Frankie Muniz. Okay, get it. Malcolm Frankie. himself. Yeah. I feel like Frankie Muniz was trying to build a career, like an actual acting career. <laughs> well, he like so he had something happen to him where he. Like, I think, so he's into, like, uh, racing, into mm. car racing, mm-hmm. and something, he got in some kind of accident, and he has no short-term memory. Oh, no, that's terrible for an actor. Yeah, 
So he hasn't really acted much at all in the last 10 years or so. Oh, I loved yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, so. I did too. It was great. Uh, let's see. Kim Coles, Dr. Mary herself from Frasier. And okay. Better known from Living Single for like normal sitcom watchers, but I just I remember her best from two episodes of Frasier. Yes. <laughs> uh, CJ Perry and Manny Mua. So I don't know who August Alsina and Manny Mua are, but uh, the rest is, uh, you know, I know all those people somewhat. Should be fun. I feel like there's a lot of potential for drama. CJ, get in there. Get your storylines. You were always trying to manufacture on Total Divas. I yeah, love it. Appar- apparently they're like rebooting a bunch of shows like the, the Viacom group. They're they're bringing back Cribs, which I'm I'm big in favor of. Love Cribs. Oh, I love that show, too, because it's like I didn't realize how short it was until I looked back at it like many, many years from it. Mm-hmm. They run through those cribs very quickly. It is barely the half an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm into it. I want to see how the other half lives. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for new cribs. My favorite episode ever was uh, CeeLo Green's house, which was, um, you know, we don't have to go into things about him like recently, but uh, everyone is trash. <laughs> back in that day, uh, CeeLo. Uh, was just wearing a green bathrobe the entire time, the entire tour, and uh, he was just. I'm guessing he's upgraded since then because this was before the voice. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but he he just lived in like, it was just like a normie house, uh, <laughs> like just in a, in some neighborhood, and his his prized possession was his. Uh, he had the complete VHS collection of Good Times. Oh <laughs> It was like that was like the, the, the main thing he was excited to show off. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. And this and this was like we are DVDs exist at this point. Um, Not of good times, apparently. You got to get that. Keep your VHS copy safe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. Wow. So sorry. Yeah, that was a big tangent, but that's what CJ's doing. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I don't know if I have any way to watch that, but I will find a way because that's the kind of junk food reality TV I could just veg out on mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, want to turn my brain off. I think I can. I think YouTube TV, YouTube TV added. They did not have the Viacom channels for a long time, like, you know, VH1, MTV, those channels. But they they did add them a few months ago. So. All right. I bet I could find it on YouTube just like Maybe. after the fact. Or we could just, like, binge them when you come into town. Hell yeah. Get real wasted watching that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we have our plans for <laughs> the upcoming months. Meanwhile, we've got another match. This time it's Doc Gallows versus the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. What the fuck was this? I, mm-hmm. it was a, that's, I don't know. That's me. I don't know. No words. What the fuck is this? I, I I love Doc Gallows. I think he's a great wrestler. I really enjoy watching him because I think he works really well with smaller guys and he knows exactly how much to like sell and bump for smaller people without making himself look ridiculous, but still giving them credibility. But man, he, what, what, why did you beat the elite hunter? I, yes, I don't know. Cause I was very much expecting Frankie to win because Frankie is the elite hunter. You could have done the whole ending segment, even if Frankie had won. 
You didn't need to like. I feel like you could have done it especially a Frankie one because then Kenny would at least have like a reason to be like pissed off at him and want to beat him down more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Kenny's bitter. I, at this point, I just believe Kenny hates everyone. But yeah, um, so bearing the lead here, Doc Gallows does get the win. He does like a big guy power slam, power bomb. I, the Gallows pull. I don't like that name. The Gallows pull. Yeah. It's like the thing you pull to like make the person like fall through the floor and like snap their neck on the on the news. Okay, no, that makes sense. I was just he's so gross and always talking about his dick that I went. Oh, you a thought I, you direction. thought it was the gallows pole? Yeah. <laughs> no, P U L L. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, he did that move, and Frankie lost. Um. Which is upsetting, because, like, what is his direction? And then after the match, Gallows and Anderson do the magic killer on him, because he's been beaten. And then Kenny's music hits, and he comes out. Don Callis is there, strutting along with him. Kenny's like, this is what happens when you mess with the elite. That's just it. Uh, And he says Frankie has been a thorn in the side of them for months now. So Gallows and Anderson get Frankie up on his knees. They hold him up, and Kenny raises that belt to... I guess slam him in the face. And at this point, Adam page walks out to the ring, drink in hand as per usual. And he walks with a little bit of purpose though. He, he doesn't just saunter. And so, uh, he's here to help. But Don Callis points out that Adam, you're outnumbered four to one. I guess Don's including himself for some reason. Not like he's going to do anything. Uh, but Adam just says, okay, he hands him his drink and then immediately goes after the good brothers. Kenny, Waste no time rolling out of the ring and fleeing along with Don. But the Good Brothers try to put up a fight. And then Adam gets a little beat. But the Dark Order run out. The Dark Order being John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. And John Silver is apparently well enough to do a move. He, he I forget what move it is, but he does one. So that's great. That's exciting. Love to see John Silver back. And uh, they... You know, they chase the Good Brothers away, and then Adam goes to the edge of the ring, and he beckons Kenny to come in, and let's do this damn thing. But Don Callis is like, no, not right now. We're we're leaving. And he drags Kenny away, and the crowd is pissed because they want to see Kenny and Adam fight, even though they don't seem to realize that that's going to happen at the pay-per-view. So you got to wait, crowd, but Dallas was pissed. Jenny, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'll be better here in a second after I do my pop of the week. Uh-huh. My white claw lime. Tony Khan. That's right. Did it spit on my computer? It spit on your computer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did Xbox give you an achievement for that? <laughs> Wait, Xbox knows when you spit? What now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Nothing. When I when I started the show, I got an... Or this might have been before I started recording. Was it before we started recording, Megan? Oh, maybe. Maybe my reference was stupid. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, the computer, the Windows said, like, here's this achievement you just got in Far Cry 5. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why are you spying on me, Microsoft? Yeah, that is weird. Oh, yeah. don't tell Jenny that. She's not going to like that. I don't like that. <laughs> Let's get rid of the Xbox now. <laughs> hey, I 
I take in abandoned Xboxes. <laughs> so if you don't want yours anymore, I'll give it a good home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they made it clear finally that this match is happening next week. Yeah. Because I don't fi- think we had a date announced for it last the week. When they six, first... five, five on five, six, six on six. Five on five. The five on five, yes. Okay. Yes. And I'm so excited that John Silver is doing well. I miss that little muscle man. Yeah, it was good to see him. I was glad he was there to do a, I believe he did a German suplex. Is that what it was? Okay. I believe so. Uh, I could be wrong, but he's known to do German suplexes. He still had uh, something like a uh, the uh, kinesio tape, yeah. Yes, something on the shoulder. So I hope that that he doesn't do anything in the interim. But get him, John, you weird little muscle man. Get him, indeed. Hyped for this next week. Hell yeah! I just love the hangman. Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think North Carolina is going to love the hangman next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's coming up. Um, After that very exciting segment, we get a very, very quick interview with Dasha. She is talking to Brian Cage, and it's kind of less an interview and more like, hey, Brian, did you know that Taz, Team Taz is still like, you know, being dicks to you? And so they cut to a video where Team Taz is given an announcement, and that announcement is that they're hyped that Ricky Starks is now the FTW World Champion, and he will be celebrated for it. Ricky Starks specifically says his management team, like, what? (laughs) He has a management team? Okay. But they've put together a huge celebration for him next week in Charlotte. Uh, Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs. And Team Taz, or Taz himself, are all just, like, grinning. They're super hyped for this. So, yeah. And then we cut back to Brian Cage standing next to Dasha. And he goes, well, are they are they here today? And she's like, no, I don't think so. And he goes, okay, okay. Well, I love celebrations, so this is going to be great. And then that's it. Yeah. Championship celebration sounds like a WWE thing. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get crashed and people are going to get fought. Did you see Powerhouse Hobbs's uh, Oshkosh Bagashes? Mm-hmm. They're pretty awesome. This is the second week in a row. I He decked these out with airbrushed FTW, like, lettering. <laughs> but last week, it was I feel like it was just, like, plain. I guess yeah, it's no, new they look. Definitely, they definitely popped more this week. Yeah. But it is always strange to see, like, a giant man wearing overalls. Yes. Yes. I feel like overalls in general are maybe just not a fashion staple like they used to be. Yeah, I don't know, even know if, like, toddlers really rock overalls too much anymore. I guess maybe so, because, like, it's good for, like, getting you out of that when, like... You Diaper changing. No, yeah. yeah, it's bad. So I, I had this, like grand idea of like oh it'll be so cute if i get my niece and nephew overalls because overalls are adorable in little kids and then i got him and my mom was like you know they're trying to potty train those kids like it's going to be like impossible for those kids to figure out how to go to the bathroom with overalls 
Okay, so you need so so you can get infants overalls, but not apparently. Okay, so basically, like, there's an overall window from birth to like three. I don't even know if you'd say birth because like those like metal clasps aren't probably good for babies. I I wore a lot of overalls as a youth. <laughs> up to I probably probably stopped in like elementary school because I bet I got teased uh. I feel like I wore them probably because Clarissa on Clarissa Explained It All wore them in a cool way mm. but I, I definitely didn't. wore some too yeah. Jenny did you know we uh, you missed this conversation but the surreal life is coming back uh, the MTV, you know, like celeb- B-list celebrities live in a house show. What? Yeah, remember that VH1 I never watched show? That. Oh, okay. But anyway, Lana is uh, one of the cast members of the of the revival. Oh. Huh. Yeah. It's gonna okay. be great. It's gonna be real good. They're also bringing back cribs. I'm up for cribs. Yeah. Anyway, okay. that's that's about all you missed. That's not bad then. What do you think about uh, CM Punk and Brian Nelson potentially coming in? Um, I mean that's exciting. I'm excited. I, I I would rather have the Bellas. Honestly, if I'm, if I'm I don't honest. think one prevents the other. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, if Daniel Bryan's in the company, you're one step closer. Maybe. I don't want that Bella though. I want the other Bella. <laughs> I think they come as a package deal. <laughs> that's true. They're the Bella twins. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> I mean, Danny Bryson is uh, is really talented. I've never actually seen CM Punk Russell because I hadn't met Andy before CM Punk retired. Yes, you did because I watched CM Punk Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, your timelines. I didn't know that we met after January of 2014. Wow. <laughs> you really thought that, didn't you? Yeah, of course I did. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Megan Megan likes him. Mm-hmm. Hyped. Into All right. Into well, it. thank you for your thoughts. No problem. Now you were fully caught up on this show. <laughs> Congratulations. You're Thank here you. just in time to talk about Wheeler Yuta and Darby Allen. They're having a match. Darby's all taped up after his big coffin match where he and Ethan Page basically beat the shit out of each other. I think it's rude that Darby had to wrestle this week. I Do you think it was his choice? Yes. I, he had his ribs taped up. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's rude. I mean, I agree I'd want at least a week off, but, you know, Darby's Darby, and he makes really bad decisions when it comes to, like, the health of his body. Yes. Now, Grant, he only wrestled for, like, four and a half minutes this week, but still. He he got his ribs um, worked, though, even though it was only four and a half minutes. So Darby wins with a coffin drop, which seems, I don't know, kind of irresponsible considering his whole rib situation. But whatever. Um Wheeler Yuta does one thing that I thought was cool. I wrote it down somewhere in here. Okay. Oh, he did a flying octopus hold. And that's where he, like, I don't know. It's one of those holds that looks insane, and he's standing up, and Darby's, 
he's all wrapped around Darby, but he took that moment to like jam his elbow into Darby's ribs. So oh. that Ooh. probably wasn't great. Um, but yeah, Wheeler Yuta did not win. I don't think anybody expected him to win. This I think was more for the peripheral sort of activities. A man named Hikaleu from That's NJ. Right. Yeah, I know how to say things. Uh, he's from New Japan. He's here in the audience. He is looking on. Uh, I don't think this is the match he's particularly interested in, but he's here. I remember him. He is a tall drink of water. He is a tall drink of water. He is <laughs> not someone that you forget. <laughs> I am happy to see him. They also gave his whole Samoan like family tree, which okay. I Tongan family tree which i feel like happens all the time um i know that his he's related to the two tongan brothers tamatanga and tongaloa yes i was like i know i know who those people are because they're in new japan and i've seen them no idea who hikaleo is where they've been hiding this tall man but into it he is yeah we'll get into his height later because there was a there's a point in the show where it became obvious how how tall this man was. Good yes. visual later. Yeah. He was on BTE. I remember him from BTE, and I think some of the new Japan stuff we've watched. Yeah, yeah. He was he was like a rookie around that time. Um, his like Tomatonga was also on some BTE stuff. Was, was he a young boy when he was on there? Yeah, he might have been. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I don't think he was he wasn't in Bullet Club right from the beginning because they made him go through the like the whole process, but. Um, he is, he and Tamatanga and Tongalo are the sons of King Haku, who is yes. a, a big WWF star of the 80s. Wait, so are they, are they princess? I guess so, yeah. But like, no real, like, was no, that his, no, okay. They're not, <laughs> they're not really royalty. Do we I have mean, royalty in the ring? Extra step. <laughs> well, he's sitting down for this segment because he's just in his seat. So you don't, we'll get to how tall he is later, but yeah, he's here. He's watching. Um, also, on the outside, Orange and Sting, because Orange <laughs> Cassidy is here for his boy, Wheeler Yuta, um, and Sting is here for his boy, Darby Allen. But they have this interaction where it's like they're both faces. So they face off on the outside, and they kind of stand, stand and look at each other, and then it happens, and Sting initiates it. The slow kicks. Sting is the one who starts it, and then Orange responds, and then... They reach a point where they both do the super slow Orange Cassidy super kick and they tap feet and then they're like, yeah, okay. And then they just go back to watching the match. Except Sting, the last thing he does is he does his like chest beating thing in like super slow motion. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. This was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in wrestling in a really long time. This is the only thing I've ever liked that Sting has done. (laughs) And I loved it. I love that Sting, legend Sting. Was so, like, game for this. He he looked like he was having a good time. Yeah. Um, I was talking about this lineup for this show with uh, my friend Lucas. Uh, and he said that he was excited to see potential Sting and Darby interaction. And I didn't really think much of it. But he turned out to be a prophet. Because <laughs> that was... Maybe uh, on a very memorable show, it was right up there. Yeah, the crowd loved it. And 
Darby did not love it. Like he <laughs> he stopped what he was doing. He looked over and he was like, "What dad? the f, Goth Dad? What are you doing?" And that that was enough to distract him. I think Wheeler Yuta got a move in on him just because of that. He rolled but, him up. Yeah, he almost pinned him. Yeah, it's good his stuff. Emo, his emo face paint daddy was like taking his eye off the ball. Well, Darby, you're a rebellious teen. What do you want? <laughs> you don't want help from your dad until your dad starts hanging out with somebody else. That's on you. So, yeah, uh, Darby wins. And uh, I think Wheeler Yuta looks cool. I don't. He seems so athletic and good at that sort of stuff. Um, I just think his pants are ugly. <laughs> Jenny's like Jenny's not into the Wheeler Yuta thing. She was like, "Who is this?" And I was like, "Who's Wheeler Yuta? He's he's like a he's like a protege of the best friends." And she's just like, "They don't need another friend. They don't need a fake friend." Yeah, <laughs> friend. I'm here for the best friends. <laughs> best friends implies true one. <laughs> Best friend. I think that he's a protege. He's not actually one of them. Mm. He he's like a young boy to the best friends. Mm. So in your head, Jenny, mm. are the best friends Chuck and Trent, and then Orange and Chris just like hang out with them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so they don't. They are not best friends. Right. Okay. I think I think Chuck and Trent have made that very clear. They're friends to the best friends. Yes. So now we've got another one. A friend of the best friends. Yeah. But he's a friend of a friend. No, he's not. He's a friend of Chuck. Okay. (laughs) He was out with Orange, so I thought... Well, I don't know what Chuck was doing, but when he first showed up uh, the week before this week, he was introduced as a protege of Chuck Taylor. And now this week, Orange is with him. Maybe Chuck was like, busy or something whatever he's out there i think he has potential to be really cool i think he needs wardrobe help from (laughs) you know the wardrobe queen that's all i'm saying uh sandra get in there so after the match orange cassie is hanging out with his boy yuda who has lost and the blade sneaks up and hits him with his brass knuckles knocks him out which is unfortunate because they have a match later on in the night, and that's kind of, you know, not fair. The Blade just kind of walks walks away. He does the backwards walk where he puts his hand out and is like, what, what, what? But he's also walking away, so it's not very threatening. Crowd's pissed. Sting, goth dad, reaches down. Horch Cassidy's on the ground, and he just sort of, like, pulls him up and, like, lays his prone body on the ring apron and then is like, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> walks away. <laughs> I love Sting. That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> and so that's where those boys are at. Um, you know, poor Orange. He, he's at a disadvantage. Um, but for now, that doesn't matter because we get a quick promo from John Moxley and Lance Archer, a video package of like, these boys are going to have a big, horrifying death match tonight. Um, Moxley poses the question like what do you do when a threat shows up at your door not once not twice but three times you go out you get a shotgun and you take care of business jesus that's um Good that's Lord. intense reaction <laughs> it's a very midwestern reaction um lance on the other hand is just like 
I'm really hyped to kill someone. He doesn't specify with a shotgun, but he's out there hoping to murder too. Um, and what I took from this is that these two big boys just want to beat the shit out of each other, and I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's do this thing. But we'll get to that in the main event. The next match we get is Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker. This is for the AEW Women's World Championship. This is Britt's first title defense. And wouldn't you know it, she gets to keep that title. It is not the time to switch champions. Uh, what did you guys think of this match? Jenny. <laughs> it finished strong, but I thought it was really clunky on the way. Okay. Yes. I thought it was a little sloppy at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think basically from like the Eddie Guerrero tribute spots with the, with the, the, you know, the, the, the chair stuff onward. Mm-hmm. Or that were they, or was even the belt? It was the belt. Like the belt, yeah. From, from yeah. The, yeah. From that onward, I thought it was like pretty good, but up to that point, it was rough. Yeah. I did like that spot where she like threw the belt, but yeah, I, I had a hard time getting into this match. Yeah, we mentioned it. Well, I mentioned it before you got on the call, Jenny. Um, I just am, like, kind of, like, tired of the Brit-Nyla rivalry. Like, I like Nyla, but I think it's time Brit moves on from that. I agree. As champion. Like, there are other bigger fish to fry here. So I agree. So, yeah. Um... There was also a moment where I, I guess they botched the count or something. The crowd got super angry where um, Britt did like a crucifix roll-up type thing on Nyla. And the ref hit the mat three times clearly and then called a two count. So I wonder if that was one of theirs where like just because of like where the ring is miked when the ref landed to get down to count, it sounded like the first count. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because like the crowd reacted very quickly and angrily. Like, well, no, I'm but I'm saying like, like so they they would have heard that too. Mm. So they so they thought that it was a three, even though like the first you know count would have been just like the ref dropping down. Okay. Because that happens sometimes. Yeah, I there was such a, like a visceral reaction. I wasn't sure what was going on. Um, also, Jr. We haven't called you out in a while. <laughs> Stop what you are do. focusing on Nyla's weight. He literally said Nyla's build at a buck eighty-five. That seems a little light. Why? <gasps> Why are we even talking about this? Huh? <laughs> oh my god! That may have been during a picture-in-picture. Picture if you guys didn't hear it, but I was like, "Excuse me, sir. Like, why is this even a thing we need to be speaking about?" That's. I'm so, ugh. Yeah, so that was fun. This was the, let me see, the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. This is like the, this is the 10th match they've had against each other in some form or fashion in AEW. Yeah, well, because they, they were like the original feud when the women's championship was kind of being created, right? And then Riho 
ended up like getting in there. And so Nyla focused her attention on Riho. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Britt and Nyla were kind of like enemies since the start. Am I misremembering? Yeah, they, no, there was a four-way match at the very first show, Double or Nothing, uh, with uh, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, uh, remember her, and uh, Awesome Kong. Okay. So yeah, so they were in they were in the very first they were in the very first eight of women's match against each other. Okay, yeah, I they've had like an ongoing saga, which is fine. Nyla. I think Nyla is kind of in that weird space where she's an OG and she's like not a bad wrestler, but I don't know where she necessarily fits because I don't see her as like title tier this at this point. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't wish her bad or anything like that. I'm kind of sick of the Nyla Vicky Stop. Like, I just don't think that Vicky's elevating Nyla in any way. I think Vicky goes better with Nyla than she does with Andrade. Oh, sure. That's true. But I don't know that that bar is really high either, so. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's pretty low bar. Oh, well. We'll move on from there, though. Um... Next up, we have a very brief press conference for the the match that's upcoming, um, not this week, but next week, with between Proud and Powerful and FTR. FTR is sticking to their story that they're all in the same poverty boat as far as backgrounds go, which is okay, sure. Um, and then Ortiz is like, well, we've been here since the beginning, and we're you know, putting in the work and, and whatever. And then Santana's like, fuck this. And he stands up and he I got starts, receipts. Yeah. He starts the busting out like Polaroids from his childhood <laughs> where like, you know, a series of just like 15 year old mother. Yeah. It's, you know, here's, here's the letter that she wrote to the, to the tenant board to, to, to fight, to keep us in her home. Yes. Yes. He clearly grew up with like, a very nice mother but like a, a less than optimal you know comb situation and so he is busting out the truth here and then FTR just kind of is like eh, whatever bro and they kind of get up or like well that's all nice and good but like we're still gonna kick your asses and so everybody stands up and it almost degenerates into fighting but it doesn't and then we cut away so I guess it's the editing on this was weird it there were some doesn't... like there were like weird cuts, where like like there was a part where Cash responded to uh, what Santana was saying, but it seemed like he was responding to something different. Like I think because of the way they chopped it up. Yeah, it also felt very. I don't know. It's like a press conference, but it felt very like snappy. Like let's get in and get out. Also, like. What is the point of doing a press conference segment if there's no questions from the press? Right? <laughs> they had it set up. I thought they were going to start saying names of, you know, online reporters like they did last time where they just pulled people's names and then acted like they were asking questions. Yes, it was like it was not it was not the press room on Ted Lasso by any means. <sighs> Trent Crimmen, the independent. Hi, Trent Crimmen, the independent. <laughs> 
Oh, by the way, uh, happy uh, happy Ted Lasso Eve to you, Megan. Thank you. Yeah. Season two tomorrow. Oh, we're not done with season one yet. I feel like we're close. We have to be on like episode nine or ten. <laughs> you have to be really close. We actually started watching Ted Lasso for the third time when you said you were on episode, what, four? And we've already finished it. It's very quick. I have to watch one episode in the evening because that's all we have time for. Because when you start watching a show with your roommate, then you can't just watch it yourself. Oh, that's so frustrating, right? It is. I could blow through that entire season and like twice at this rate. But Mm -hmm. I won't. I won't because I'm a good. I'm a good show companion. (laughs) You are a good show companion. It might help. It might be helpful to you that they're only going to release one episode a week of the second season. Oh, thank of, God! Instead of doing it all at once, like they did season one. We can stay current. Yeah. We have still. We have yet to watch the Loki season finale. Also, now I, I haven't heard any reports from you as far as like talking to Justin. But do you think Loki really ate into the ratings of AEW? As he suspected, like, like people like. <laughs> Saving As he it, predicted for, for 8 p.m. on uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, they'd be they'd probably be doing two million viewers a week. <laughs> yeah. See. Okay. It's a I guess we'll find out next Wednesday. Yeah. Because because this week they were up against the 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 behind the scenes special. You can't compete with that. Well, how did <laughs> they do this week? Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.125. Okay, so a little above. A little above yeah, last week. Yeah, about a hundred thousand up, and they did a point four four in the demo versus a point four last week. All right, that's good. So this was their third highest total viewers ever. That's and with, you factor in the Loki, it's all uphill, baby. Yeah, all uphill yeah. from here. Anyway, this did not do much for me this segment, but I am excited to see this match finally. Yes. And yes. I think it's cool that they're doing it in North Carolina, which is the you know North Carolina. <laughs> Which is the home homeland of uh, FTR? Oh God! Okay, it's gonna be a bunch of FTR stands. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like I wonder if I wonder if they will be the babyfaces. Because they're not. No. Okay. So I'm not totally missing that. I'm not crazy. No, no, you're not crazy. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a good reaction because of you know being from the area. Yeah. They should probably put Matt Hardy on that show in some role, too. Oh, he is. That's right. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to it. Um, Okay, but for now, we go to the ring where Tony Schiavone is interviewing Andrade El Idolo. The second Uh, was so weird. It was. And I felt bad because there was, like, this this like thing at the beginning where I think Andrade based solely on everything we've seen from him talking where he clearly primarily speaks Spanish. It seems like he prepped for this in a way that was like, here is the English just like almost like on America's next top model when they make them go to like foreign countries and then they do commercials and they don't learn the language. They just learn the phonetics. It was almost like, all right, stick to this. You say this, this is the English and he did, but like the crowd kind of threw off his tempo 
and he didn't really recover quickly. Um, but without going too far into it, Andrade's here. He says that he has a surprise for everyone, and his surprise is that his new executive consultant is Chavo Guerrero. Chavo comes out. Everybody's super hyped. Chavo strikes me as a much better mouthpiece for Andrade than Vicky ever was or was going to be. So I think it's good that he's here. He gets on the mic right away. He starts talking about how he doesn't see anyone as talented as Andrade on the roster. And Death Triangle immediately interrupts. Because, to be fair, Andrade called them out last week. Uh, Pac, in particular, is pissed that Andrade was talking about them. And he assures Andrade that Death Triangle hides from no one. So, like, come at me, bro. And uh, Andrade clearly doesn't give a shit about Pac. He instead talks directly to Phoenix and Penta in Spanish. And I'm dying to know what he said because they laughed. And I'm wondering if he just, like, said, fuck it. We're going to, like, speak Spanish because nobody's... I mean, they're in Texas, so I'm sure a lot of people did. But on live television, I don't know how much of the... TV watching audience no Spanish. Uh, I feel like he made Phoenix laugh, and I like that. <laughs> I like I liked it because so that you could tell so many in the crowd could speak Spanish because they were reacting to it. Yes, yes, and he seems more comfortable. Like just he seems yeah. looser when he's not trying to make sure he gets all his wording exactly right. So I'm glad Chavo's here to maybe cover the English side of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, like Andrade, basically in Spanish, the context we get from that is that like, why do they work for PAC? Why, you know, <laughs> why are you not with essentially like check out like the Hispanic boys over here? We got Chavo, we got Andrade, we got Andrade's translator. I, I don't know who that man is. Is that his personal assistant? I, I think it's like. I, I he hands like him the like iPad a, a lot. Maybe it's Taylor. I don't. We've got this guy that follows Andrade around. I, yeah. He doesn't talk. Um, I like him, though. I like that he's there. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good assistant. He's like a butler, kind of. I, sure. Um, But yeah, Andrade's like, get over here, boys. Like, come on. And uh, they are not into it. Pac is like, hey, Phoenix and Penta don't work for me. Death Triangle is a family. Hello, can you not hear the love in the name? And uh, nobody in Death Triangle works for anyone else. And um, Penta even says something that Abrahantes then says, Penta says, and he, you know, translates it. got a big cheer from that. He did. He did. What, do you think Pac, what do you think Pac thinks of this little twerp, Abrahantes? Do you think he likes to hang out with him? <laughs> I don't know. He's probably like, man, we're pretty cool. Why do you have to bring this guy here? <laughs> It's like your little brother. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like it's he's been it's like something that happened when he was gone. And now it's like been thrust upon him. It's like, Penta, what are you going into business for yourself? Like we're a team. I speak for the team. You don't need a, a guy speaking for you with it's too many layers. Yeah. But yeah. And then like this whole thing culminates in like an awkward confrontation where Death Triangle like slowly climbs up on the apron and they don't get in the ring, but they kind of like. I don't know, like lean forward on the ropes. And then finally they do get in the ring, but like Andrade and his crew just like leave. I don't know. It was kind of a weird pacing. Um, I mean, it just kind of petered out. 
well, the refs ran out to break it up, but there was really nothing to break up. Yeah, you know? they hadn't like gotten up in each other's faces yet, but no, it was it was weird. Yeah. Um, when you were saying like people like you know speaking phonetically or like you know like learning to speak phonetically, I thought of uh, Emmy Sakura. Uh, she does a, a stream like a reaction stream to her watching dynamite every week. Like Aww. she watches it at the, uh, the Gato move dojo where she, you know, her, her wrestling, um, promotion in school with some of her like trainees. They're always there. They're there every Wednesday. You can watch the, you can watch them reacting to, uh, to whatever's happening on dynamite. I love and, that. She's so committed. That's great. Oh yeah. She's really into it. And she gets, she gets like real freaked out by Abaddon <laughs> and she gets, she gets really upset when there's like, like a lot of blood. Um, Thank you, Emmy. But yesterday, I guess because of the CM Punk rumors, one of the students was uh, like singing Cult of Personality. Like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like during like during the you know the live stream. Awesome. Yeah. I love cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> was this now? Is um, is there other former pop stars in her crew other than Maki Ito? Oh, uh, I don't know. The girl singing had a pretty good voice. It was not Maki Ito, though. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because I feel like that weirdly comes up over there. Yeah, oh, well. yeah. Yeah. Japanese yeah. idol. Oh, that's great. I love th- I love that she's staying engaged because it makes me feel like whenever this whole pandemic demic thing gets like figured out, maybe Emi Sakura will be able to come back and graze our shores. Uh-huh. It makes me sad that the Japanese women are kind of stuck over yeah. there. So. Oh, well. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, next up, we've got a very quick promo from Christian who is sitting in front of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and apparently on a dark or an elevation or some other, one of the other shows, um, Marco Stunt had gotten taken out by, like, Private Party and Angelico, and Christian thinks this is pretty criminal because, you know, Marco Stunt's just a little boy, and they're mean to him. So um, he proposes that next week he and Jurassic Express, the two behind him, will take on Private Party and Angelico. And... You know, he helped Marco once, so he's ready to do this Hardy family beatdown. Which this is where Matt Hardy will be. I'm, I'm assuming, even though he's not like in the match. Oh, is he not? Is he not in the match? I thought it was him, and I thought it was Hardy Party. Is it? Is it Private Party and Angelico? Yeah. Oh, that's more interesting. Honestly, I, yeah, I mean, sorry, Matt Hardy, like. It's like watching Jericho wrestle. I, you know, it's like there are others. You, you could be a good leader of a thing, and let the others wrestle. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, and he'll still, like you said, he'll still get out in front of his his people there in North Carolina. Yeah, he'll get to wear a suit. He'll get to be, you know, an instigator. I'm sure he'll pull some shenanigans ringside, but I don't need to see him like officially in the match. That's fine. Speaking of which, speaking of people I don't need to see, 
Um, QT Marshall's here with Alex Marvez. Um, Marvez is like, hey, QT, I'm here to interview you solely to elicit an apology from you to Tony because you poured protein shake over his head last week. QT says, you know what? I will give you an apology, Tony. I'll give you an apology next week. We'll have a whole, like, separate thing about it. And I, I'm, I'll tell you I'm sorry. Which, obviously, this is not going to go well. But I guess Tony gets to go out in the ring next week with QT Marshall. Where is Anthony a go-go, guys? He is in England. Damn Why? It. I'm not sure, but he has been back in England since pretty much since the uh, like the week after the pay per view, I think. Boo. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the factory lost all interest for me. Yep, I'm gone. Maybe he'll come back as with a different group. That would be great. Um, but yeah, so I guess next week, look forward to watching QT apologize, like or whatever to Tony. Uh, next up, we've got the match between the Blade and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, who is still reeling from his punch from the Blade. Um, the Blade comes out with the bunny. They're all like, yeah, look at us. And then Orange's music hits. He doesn't come out. The Blade decides, oh, this means he forfeits, so I'm going to get the win. And he's trying to force referee Bryce Remsburg to award him the win and celebrate with him essentially when Orange Cassidy like rolls into the ring from the back and then surprises the blade and starts this fight. So he, I mean, this match is fine. Orange Cassidy gets the win. He does his orange punch. And after the match, he picks up brass knuckles from the blade and gives him an orange punch with the knuckles and then pockets them. So my takeaway from this match is that now Orange Cassidy has brass knuckles. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, I guess they're trying to give Orange a little bit of an edge because this was, you know, like, I granted it was deserved because he was just uh, getting revenge. But, you know, baby faces don't always need to get revenge. They don't need to, but they should. Come on. I, I will say that something that happened during this match was we got a, a teaser of like intergender matches because Orange, um, or no, the bunny tried to interfere, but Chris Statlander showed up during the match to stop her. And then the blade was on the outside and Orange did a tope suicida and the blade pulled Statlander in front of him. So like Orange literally hit her and then Orange whipped the blade into the bunny so we've got men crashing into ladies, and I just think, let them fight, you know? But we'll see. I hope it wasn't what we get. Mm. Uh, we go back to Alex Marvez, who is talking to Chris Jericho. This is the point where we all laugh a little bit, because it is ridiculous. Uh, Jericho is not facing the camera. He is <laughs> awkwardly staring uh, into what is essentially like his locker. And... He says, MJF is bringing the most violent and demented man to face him, Nick Gage. So Jericho's going to have to bring the most violent and demented version of himself. And then he does a dramatic turn, and it's like, you're wearing clown makeup, sir, but the pain maker is here. <laughs> and it, I, I knew halfway through this, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's going to turn around. He's going to have the makeup on. Thought it was really awkward that he wasn't facing the camera. And I was right. So what what do we think about the pain maker? Oh. What do you think about the pain maker, Jenny? 
I just think it's unnecessary. It 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 elicited laughs, I think, around the country. I think that's fair to say. Uh, this is not his first time being paymaker on Dynamite, though. No, but like the big, like the re- the way he did oh, it. Oh, that was you know? terrible. Yeah, the reveal of it. It was so unnecessarily dramatic. Yes, it it truly, truly was. So yeah, we're getting the pain maker against Nick Gage. This match is going to be a fucking mess. It's going to be weird. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get a brief video package of Cody and Malachi Black giving us their background and you know how we got here, where we are. Just like a refresher on Malachi's debut and what happened last week with Cody. So that's still a thing. And then, finally, we reach the main event. It's John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match for the IWGP US Championship. The only way to win is by knockout or submission. And the winner of this match, we find out, will face Hikaleu for the title, this title, next week. So, Oh, can I, can I bring up something real quick? Yeah, go for it. So they like they did the rundown of what's on next week's show. Oh yeah. Before this, and one of the things that's on next week's show is, well, no, not next week, but two weeks. Sorry, two weeks from now, but still on Dynamite on the Homecoming is Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. That was fast. Were you surprised to see that? Um, a little. I I kind of wanted like a big dramatic buildup, you know? Yeah. The only thing I can think is that he's got to get out of there to go film season two of the Go Big Show. Mm. But if that means Malachi gets to win, I'm okay with that. I think I think Malachi has to win no matter what because you know, like unlike Anthony Agogo, who should have won, but unlike Anthony Agogo, like Malachi Black is is way too big a star to to beat on his first match. Okay, good. That brings me hope because I think the same thing, but I also was pretty sure Gogo was going to win. And then Cody was like, now I'm going to have to win this one. So, yeah, on to a Texas death match. This was gross. A lot of blood. Um, Didn't like that part. And I don't know what I expected, but I was surprised when Lance Archer pulled out the win by putting John Moxley through a table that was covered in barbed wire on the outside, and supposedly Moxley got counted out because he couldn't release himself from the barbed wire. He was entangled. He got stuck. Yeah. Gross. I mean, that's the barbed wire is doing its job then, right? Yeah, but gross. <laughs> that's what it's for. What do you think of this match, Megan? Um, I thought... It was gross. <laughs> like I enjoyed. Did you like the fork? No, 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 I didn't. Um, it made me think of oh that stupid team. It's talking about Ring of Honor first year. What was the stupid team I hated? Oh, the the Hit Squad or the Carnage Crew? Carnage Crew. Okay. <laughs> they did this fork thing repeatedly. Yeah. I remember they would jump people and then like stab them with a fork. Did not like it. Um, I felt like Moxley was being safer. Obviously, like, holding the fork in a way that, like, 
you couldn't see that it wasn't penetrating Lance's head, but still, the idea of a fork to the face just is disturbing. Don't love it. It's gross. The choke slam onto the two chairs that were set up back to back <gasps> was <laughs> that was a choice. <laughs> that I was like, you are a father. You just had a child. <laughs> what are you doing? That's was, how you. That's paralysis central. No, so he called Dave. Uh, yeah, it was alarming, but he seemed fine. Like I don't know how he feels now, but he seemed fine. Uh, I was very surprised that Lance Archer won. Okay, I this is so wild to me. A New Japan title changed hands in the main event of Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, that is crazy. And then the show ended with an angle between the new champion and his next challenger, a New Japan wrestler. Yeah. This is also going to happen on Dynamite. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's it's pretty cool. Oh, it's very cool. But I mean, I think it, I think it tells you, I think, I think this whole thing is very instructive about who has, who actually has the relationship with New Japan. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Good lord, like, please just sign whatever paperwork it is necessary to say, like, we are allowing this relationship to continue. Yeah. Screw you, WWE, because this is good. Like, things are happening on American television. Well, I mean, it's clearly, that's clearly happened. So, uh, yeah. You know, otherwise we wouldn't have seen what we saw last night. Like, I could believe that this is all being done just like on a handshake right now, though. Oh, you think so? Well, I don't know, but I, 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 I could see it. I mean, the WWE guy said he had been in talks for, what, like a couple months? Yeah. And this is all still happening? I, yes. I assume that means, like, WWE is not making headway, or they have not officially not. signed. Because, you know, Moxley is an AEW wrestler who holds this, held that title, and now... Lance Archer is another AEW wrestler who holds that title. I don't think he's going to lose it to Hikuleo next week. I could be wrong. They could be using this to transition the title, but I doubt it. I hope not. Lance has wanted to do something. Let him do this. Let him have this title. Couldn't get the TNT title. Couldn't get a champion world championship. Like just now he's got this one. Yeah. I, I think it's great for him. I think he, I, I, like I said, I didn't expect him to win this match, but I was a little sad about it because I just thought, man, he needs to win one of these big matches at some point. And then he did. So, Yeah, good for him. I mean, I, I'm like, damn it. But, you know, I'm confident Moxley can go get like he can keep his eye on like the big title. I think I think Mox needs to. I think they need to stop having him lose matches. I think he's he's lost three matches this year, and I think I think he needs to I think he needs to go on a winning streak now. Because I mean he's fine, but you know the top guys in AEW don't lose very much. Well, that's just because you're comparing him against Cody and Kenny. And well, yeah, yeah, the top guys don't lose very much. Yeah, I think you think. The EVPs don't lose very much. <laughs> oh my god, is Moxley becoming an EVP? Well, no, I'm saying he's I, losing I, because yeah. he's not an EVP. Yeah. I I think he has the star hey, power, though. This year. 
except for he lost one match this year. So Moxley's lost three times more than Hangman has this year. Damn it. Damn it indeed. And he even he even took the fall in that tag match with Kingston. He didn't need to do that. He's in it for the love of the game, man. I know, I know. I think he has the star power to to come back. Like, Oh, he totally know? does. I'm just saying, I think this should be the last one for a while. Yeah, well, the belt's off him now, so he can, he can, I don't know, beat up geeks and make his way to the top again. Yeah. He's obviously not going to challenge for the belt while Kenny and Adam are doing their thing. No, no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know what his trajectory maybe, for. Uh, I mean, maybe he's going to need to step up and kick Miro's ass just to get that belt off him. Maybe. We talked about somebody as, as like the successor to that title, though. I forget who it was. We talked about somebody a few weeks ago. I thought Sammy should get it. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Sammy. Anyway, no, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I'm glad Lance won and Moxley will be fine. It's just something I noticed he's lost a lot this year. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I love that in AEW, three losses is a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they protect people. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, the stars, the stars don't lose very often and they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, also before we check out of here, I just want to say Lance... Stood tall, winner, center of the ring. Hikaleo stood up. That boy straddled the top rope (laughs) to get into the ring. And I thought, what the fuck? And then he stood in front of Lance Archer and was a full couple inches taller than him, which is mind boggling because Lance Archer is huge. Hikaleo is supposedly. A legit six foot eight. Wow. Holy shit. Yes. It's very tall. That is incredibly tall. Like I think I think Big Show is like six ten. I think that's his legitimate height. So yeah. Oh my god. I just I'm not used to seeing anybody dwarf Lance Archer in any yeah. way. That was intense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of match they're gonna have next week, but uh yeah. Is he a guy match? Yeah. Is he strong or does he do the? I assume so. I haven't seen much of him because, like I said, when when AEW formed, he was still kind of in his young boy phase. So, and I haven't seen a ton of New Japan since then. So, okay, he does. He seems if he's a strong guy, he doesn't have like the bulk. That's why I'm wondering if he's like kind of like weirdly tall and good at aerodynamics. I don't know. (laughs) Should be fun. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. (laughs) There's a reason for Jenny to tune in. (laughs) Well, all right. That was Dynamite. I thought uh, I thought the show dragged a little bit in the middle, but it like the crowd was just the crowd just like kept it going the whole night. It was very it was it was a very good performance by the fans in Dallas. They wanted everything that they were given. They just were like, "Yes, more AEW, please." I wonder if they had to sit through a 4-hour show. Whew. I don't know. I mean, part of that would have been afterwards. 
Yeah, I guess you can just leave, but man. Yeah. Or you could just not get there until until eight also. That's also an option. True. Still, my God. Tony Khan, you're scheduling. <laughs> Consider it. And next week they are in uh Charlotte for a uh, a big big show with uh that elite versus dark order ten man elimination match. Oh, that's gonna be uh, fun. challenging Lance Archer for the IWGP United States title and Jurassic Express versus uh the Hardy family office. Indeed. Yeah. Should be big interesting. Show. I'll I'll say, yeah. Well, uh I think that's gonna do it for us from uh from here. So uh thanks everybody for listening and for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. And uh you've been listening to the Elite Beat. E. Leap beat. E E leap beat.